Hey everybody, welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Nittany Lions, your Penn State podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Wednesday, May 20th, 2020. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire. Happy to be with you here as always talking some Penn State football and some other college football topics of conversation. We also have a special clip from a guest appearance I made on another podcast to share with you in today's episode. So sit back, relax, make sure you're subscribed on all your favorite podcasting platforms such as iTunes and Spotify. And apparently it's a good time to be on Spotify if you saw yesterday's headlines regarding that podcasting service. However you listen to us, make sure you're subscribed, leave a rating, leave a review. We appreciate the feedback and it does help with our placement and growth on those various podcasting apps moving forward. We also always invite you to be a part of the podcast by sending us your questions and comments at any time by following us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. And don't forget about that Instagram account, instagram.com slash LockedOnNittany. Yes, we do have some other things in the works. I know I've said that a number of times, but they are seriously in production. We're going to get a lot of fun stuff coming up your way very soon. As a reminder, this episode is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Without any further ado, let's go ahead and get today's episode underway. There do seem to be some positive developments as far as getting a college football season on the field this upcoming fall. We still don't know whether or not fans will be in attendance or when they may be able to attend games down the line. And there are still some other details that are going to have to be refined between now and the beginning of the season, whenever that's going to be. But there are some movements happening around the country suggesting that schools are going to move forward and they will be able to at least play some college football games. In addition, of course, to having campuses open for students to attend, which of course is the most important thing before we even get to college football. We still have to wait to see what Penn State does, but Notre Dame did announce the other day that they are going to have their fall semester where campus is open to students. They are going to adjust their schedule though, their calendar, I should say, by starting their fall semester a few weeks earlier in August. And that allows them to end the semester earlier, I believe just before Thanksgiving, they'll cut the fall break so they can get in the full fall semester. And that is anticipation of being able to uh, have the campus closed when there could be a potential spike in the coronavirus if and when it does resurface or kind of has a second surge um, down the line during the fall into the winter months and everything that's still a little bit of a concern out there so it's a good precaution to make Notre Dame seems to be falling in step with what some other schools may be doing I believe South Carolina is doing something similar if they haven't announced it already I think they're doing it's been discussed that they're going to do something similar I don't know exactly what that status is but uh, we're still waiting to see what Penn State and other Big Ten schools will be doing but it does seem to be uh, some optimism spreading throughout the the world of college and university and college football, of course, that they're planning on having fall semesters in some capacity. Again, this is going to vary from state to state, from school to school, within conference to conference. Uh, so a lot of decisions have to be made, and we'll just have to wait and see what's going to happen. But of course, uh, with the threat of the college football schedule being adjusted, it remains to be seen what this means for any potential NFL draft prospects as far as the 2021 NFL draft. And 
uh, one of the ideas that's been thrown out there is if you don't have a college football season and or maybe you're going to play that season in the spring, maybe some of the top prospects aren't going to be interested in playing college football because they'll be focusing more on the NFL draft, which would probably still be following along in the same kind of schedule that it typically does with the NFL's offseason. And assuming that the NFL is going forward with their schedule as they seem to be intending, it does seem to be that that would be a a logical conversation to be having. Now, Will Fries, offensive lineman for Penn State, he's coming back for a fifth year. He's on record saying that he has no regrets about his decision to come back. And it's something that he can't honestly really focus on as far as the things that are out of his control. And he's one of those players where uh, if if the college football season were to be moved into the spring, for example, um, would he be able or would he be interested in going through the rigors of a college football season when at the same time he could probably be preparing himself uh, for the NFL draft? And I think it's a very, very uh, interesting conversation to have. And and I think I, I personally would not fault any player Uh, as talented as they may be in the college game. If they have NFL draft prospects for 2021 and the college football season is going to be played in the spring, I don't think I would uh, blast anybody for not playing college football because there's too many risks involved. And and yes, you can get hurt training and practicing and keeping yourself in shape for the NFL draft combine and all that stuff. But I do think that there are more serious risks uh, attached with just playing the game. And this doesn't mean that every player is going to get injured, of course, but we, I do think that that is something to just uh, keep in serious mind as you move forward and start to see what these players are going to have to do. Uh, so the AP put out a story kind of looking at some of the situations and some of the opinions of a number of players, a few throughout the Big Ten. Well, Fries was uh, one of the ones that was quoted. Again, he's saying no regrets over his decision to return for a fifth year. Uh, again, if the, if the season's going to be played in the spring, we'll see if he ends up playing. But uh, it looks like he is prepared to move forward as best as he possibly can, stick to whatever the normal routine is going to be, and just get himself in the best shape and best position possible for the upcoming NFL draft. We'll leave a link to that story in the show notes for this episode. If you're, uh, you get a chance to look at the show notes for every episode, we try to give you an idea of what we talk about in the show. And then, uh, every now and then I'll throw in the links to the sources that we are discussing in the show where available. So I'll throw that in the show notes for here. I'll also throw it out on our Twitter feed as well at Locked On Nittany. I want to talk to you guys real quick about Built Bar, a proud sponsor of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast this month, and I could not have been happier to have them on board. They sent me a variety box earlier in the month so I could get a chance to taste out all their different flavors. And if you heard Monday's podcast, you heard me say that I found my new favorite flavor, which was the orange cream chocolate. It's still my number one, but I found my number two since that recording of the podcast, and that is the chocolate mousse. Took a bite into this one during my break time the other day, and the soft, chewy, chocolatey sensation really helps get me from those early morning hours that I'm working to my lunch break, and it could not have been the better fix. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. They are the perfect way to satisfy your appetite, keep you going, keep you energized. My only problem is I am now all out of Built Bars. I have gone through my entire variety box, so now I'm going to have to go to their website, BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, then I'm going to get $10 off my next order. 
You can place an order to get all of one flavor, or you can get a variety box like they sent me, or even better than that, you can customize your own box and pick and choose which flavors you want. I may just load up a box that's all orange cream on one side and all these chocolate mousse on the other side because they really are my two favorite flavors. So once again, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Once again, use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. been having some fun this week talking about what if situations alternate timelines for Penn State history on Monday's podcast we took a look at what could have happened to Penn State football if they didn't originally join the Big Ten back in 1993 and I'm not going to spoil for you but chances are Penn State probably still winds up in the Big Ten but another what if situation I always come back to wondering about out loud is what could have happened if Bill O'Brien stuck around longer than two seasons at Penn State. Now, I've always said Bill O'Brien deserves a lot of respect for the job that he did in a short period of time at Penn State. It was an unprecedented situation. It was a very difficult spot to be in, and he was thrown a curveball before he ever got a chance to coach a game. We're not going to get into all those details. You know the story very well by now. But the fact that Bill O'Brien went on to have two winning seasons with the roster that he had under the conditions that he was going about him, to me, it was very commendable. And yeah, it was an eight-win season and a seven-win season. But you know what? They were winning seasons when everybody counted this program out. Again, not going to get into the details. You all know the details that I don't need to share with you. But I do think that the job that Bill O'Brien did in the short period of time he was at Penn State, really helped keep the boat afloat for when James Franklin came in, got a chance to put his own touches on the program, continue the work that was being done by Bill O'Brien, and of course get a chance to expand on that as Penn State came off of sanctions, got the recruiting back in gear, and of course uh, they are where they are today because of what James Franklin did. But I do wonder what could have happened if Bill O'Brien did stick around. Now, I still think there are two things in play here. First, I still think Penn State has a very good chance to be lifted off of the sanctions. I don't think the head coaching situation really impacted the the legal ramifications that the NCAA ran into as far as the sanction against against Penn State. So I do think that that means that Bill O'Brien gets a chance to coach Penn State in a bowl game. And that first year when Penn State gets lifted off of the sanctions under James Franklin, they go on and play Boston College in the pinstripe bowl. Still think Penn State can go on to win a pinstripe bowl in year three of the Bill O'Brien experience if Bill O'Brien stuck around. And of course, Bill O'Brien coached two seasons at Penn State and accepted the head coaching offer from the Houston Texans. And it was always kind of expected that if Bill O'Brien had some success at Penn State, even as marginal as it may have been, uh, if the NFL came calling, uh, he was definitely going to entertain the possibility. And he made that perfectly clear uh, very early on. He always said that uh, as far as the coaching profession is concerned in the world of football, coaching in the NFL is the top spot. And this is a guy that had been an offensive coordinator for Bill Belichick in the New England Patriots. It's a guy that was very keen on what it takes to win at the NFL. And yes, he had a good amount of college experience, of course, but he definitely had the mentality for being a coach that was going to be in the NFL at one point in time. 
And if he had stuck around as an assistant under Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, chances are very good that he would have gotten that NFL opportunity very soon um, if he never came to Penn State in the first place. So I have always felt like right from the day that he was hired, he was a very temporary uh, fill-in as the head coach of Penn State. And it was a very good fill-in. <laughs> I think uh, given all the circumstances, uh, I think he was the perfect guy to come in for Penn State at that point in time of this of this program's history. But what would have happened if Bill O'Brien did stick around? Maybe the NFL doesn't come calling or maybe he decides that he likes his life at Penn State and he wants to stick around and see what he can do. Again, I do think Penn State still comes off the sanctions when they did. So that gives Bill O'Brien the chance to coach in a ball game. And I still don't know if that means that Penn State is playing for a Big Ten title in a short period of time like they were under James Franklin. But I do think that as the recruiting was being restored, I do think that Bill O'Brien would have been able to do a little bit more uh, in the way that he was building things on his own. And again, this is not to say that he would have been more successful than James Franklin or less successful than James Franklin. I I really do feel like Penn State would probably be in a pretty similar situation they could be today if Bill O'Brien was still running the show. Now, I I say that with a little bit of hesitation because I see what he does as a general manager (laughs) with the Houston Texans. I do think recruiting is a little bit different than managing an NFL roster. I know there's probably a lot of parallels in the conversation between uh, building a roster at the college level and building a roster at the NFL level. And maybe some of those philosophies uh, lead Bill O'Brien as a recruiter to go in a different way. But you remember the recruiting that Bill O'Brien was able to do uh, as restrained as he was, he had to get some guys that were going to play position players and he didn't necessarily have the opportunity to really pad depth on the line of scrimmage. And that was something that was a real setback for Penn state as far as recruiting was concerned. Uh, and I do think that if he were given the full allotment of uh, sanction or I'm sorry, uh, scholarships, then he would have been able to you know, address those needs. And I do believe that he would have been able to do that and would have done that. I do think that he would have been able to build a little bit of a foundation and that would have allowed for Bill O'Brien to work a little bit more with quarterback Christian Hackenberg, who remember had a really good freshman year, a very promising freshman season. Uh, you know, or, uh, we saw some glimpses of what Christian Hackenberg could be. Uh, Bill Bryan was a quarterback's guy, so he seemed like a, a good coach for Christian Hackenberg at the time. And then, of course, when the coaching change happens and James Franklin comes in with his staff, we saw Christian Hackenberg go on the decline. Uh, the, the all of a sudden the potential of uh, top quarterback pick in uh, whatever NFL draft of Christian Hackenberg, when we're all thinking rosy about his future as an NFL prospect, they start to go on the decline. But what happens if Bill O'Brien does get a chance to really build around Christian Hackenberg with some key skill position players and maybe pad that offensive line depth to protect his quarterback? Maybe Christian Hackenberg becomes a pretty decent NFL quarterback. You know, (laughs) I think that that's one of the great what ifs that I've always had in my mind. I always wonder what would have happened with Christian Hackenberg if Bill O'Brien stuck around, because I do think that he would have been able to develop Hackenberg a little bit more uh, again as as he gets a chance to really build around him a little bit more. It probably would not have been easy 
given the timing of everything. You know, obviously, when Penn State comes off the sanctions, they still have to go through and recruit. It's not necessarily a given that Bill Bryan wouldn't have been able to uh, build enough around Hackenberg. But I do think getting a chance to work with him more and really address some of his flaws, maybe work on a couple things here and there with the mechanics, I do think that we would have seen a more polished Christian Hackenberg go off to the NFL at whatever point in time, whether he sticks around for another year or if he goes early as he did under James Franklin. I, I do think that uh, Christian Hackenberg would have been a little bit more NFL ready or at least AAF ready or at least XFL ready. I don't know. <laughs> but I do think uh, Christian Hackenberg's fate, I think, would have been a lot more promising had he had a chance to work with Bill O'Brien at least another year, maybe even two. So that's what I think. I, I think that the Bill O'Brien experience at Penn State still would have had some success. I don't necessarily know if it would have led to a Big Ten title or put him in a position to be in the college football playoff because I do think that James Franklin has had a, a really good impact on building that kind of a talented roster that's capable of thinking about competing for a spot in the Big Ten title game and the playoff. I don't know if necessarily that same track would have happened for Penn State under Bill O'Brien, but I do think that there would have been a lot of energy with the offense if Bill O'Brien got a chance to really build things the way that you're supposed to be able to build a college football program. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean they get by Ohio State and Urban Meyer, but I do think that Penn State still would be in a very good position, at least offensively, if Bill O'Brien were the head coach just a little bit longer, or hey, even up to today, uh, moving into the 2020 season. I'd be very curious to see how Penn State would have panned out if Bill O'Brien stayed the head coach. Not saying I would take Bill O'Brien over James Franklin. That's not what I'm saying. Don't misconstrue what I'm uh, putting out there right now. It's just a simple what-if situation. Let me know what you think. Where would Penn State be today if Bill O'Brien stayed the head coach of Penn State a little bit longer, whether he's here today or not? added a team from the ACC with Maryland. The big question would be, you know, what kind of TV market would Penn State have added to the table, which is a big reason why Maryland and Rutgers were invited to the Big Ten anyway. I don't know about the TV market, but there's no question that Penn State draws ratings. So certainly from that point of view, there would have been a lot of upside for the Big Ten to invite Penn State eventually down the road anyway. So even if they didn't get the Penn State at the drawing table back in the early 90s, Maybe they still would have eventually landed Penn State. Of course, the other thing is, if Big Ten doesn't have Penn State for all those years, do they still go to 11 teams? Do they still make a stronger case to bring in Notre Dame? What happens with the Big Ten expansion if they have to wait longer and longer to get a team like Penn State? Let me know what you guys think. What would have happened if Penn State remained independent in those earlier years and maybe down the line, where do you think Penn State would have eventually landed? Would they still be in the Big Ten today if you go through an alternate course of history? Or do you think that Penn State is competing in the ACC Coastal Division on a regular basis, maybe for a division championship? I want to hear from you guys. Let us know what you think about this what-if situation for Penn State by chiming in with us on Twitter, at LockedOnNittany. We definitely want to hear some of your what-if speculations. Maybe not necessarily about this, but what other what-if scenarios 
scenarios do you have in mind? We have a couple that we're going to get into later in the, on in the week. So make sure you come back throughout the week to hear some of these other uh, fun alternative uh, courses of history. Uh, but we want to hear from you guys as well. So send us your what if scenarios and how you envision things could have played out. Uh, let us know. Is there a certain play that you would like to have seen change? Is there a certain game or a certain season? Let us know what you got in mind and we'll see if we can bring it into the conversation as well. We're going to do something a little bit different to close out today's podcast because recently, uh, last week, I was a guest on the Philadelphia Sports Table podcast show with my good buddy, Jeffrey Warren, the host of that podcast. They host that podcast on Patreon. They do talk a lot about Philly sports, as you can probably tell by the name. But I've had a chance to go on there, I think, at least once over the last couple of years to talk some college football. And he typically brings me on to talk about some of the local college football storylines that people in Philadelphia may be following. And, of course, Penn State does come up in the conversation, in addition to schools like Temple and even we've talked Penn and Villanova. But I wanted to get a chance to, share some of that podcast with you guys in case you haven't heard that podcast I wanted to give you a little bit of a Penn State conversation that we had on the Philadelphia Sports Table podcast I asked Jeff he said he was more than happy to allow me to share some of that audio with you guys right here so what you're going to hear from here is Jeff interviewing me about Penn State on the Philadelphia Sports Table podcast and when the segment that I'm sharing with you guys is over I'm going to pop back on and we'll close it out today's episode And it's great to have back on the podcast show joining us this week to get into some college football, some Penn State Big Ten talk, overall college football in general. He is a contributor, uh, contributor, excuse me, at Athlon Sports. And of course, I listen to him all the time at the Locked on Nittany Lions podcast. We have Kevin McGuire, man. Kevin, how you doing? Jeff, I'm doing great. It's good, so good to be back talking some college football. I mean, especially love getting a chance to talk with you. Oh, well, I appreciate you taking the time. I really do. And I know, listen, there's a lot of people out there like, oh, I have all the time in the world right now. Not necessarily. <laughs> those, yeah. You know, those of us that have jobs, we have families, things like that. Things can be a little rough here. And uh, we certainly talked about it on our, uh, our regular show. I've been complaining and bitching and moaning and stuff like that. But really, I appreciate you taking the time. And, and dude, I... I, I am so excited for what the potential might be for this upcoming college football season. And of course, you know, we, we got to get into that right off the bat here and how the season might not may or may not be affected by what we're experiencing here with coronavirus. Of course, I mean, we know that the NHL, Major League Baseball, they're looking to get, you know, out on the ice and field in the very near future. And at this point, the NFL feels pretty confident that their season is going to start on time. So, Kevin, what are your thoughts on college football season overall here? I mean, do you think it's going to start on time from what you're hearing behind the scenes? You know, what might it look like for us fans here? Yeah, the one thing that's that's very different about college football compared to some of these other sports leagues is, is there's so many different uh, ingredients that have to go into play here uh, with college football because you have different degrees of severity with the COVID-19 from state to state, which means from campus to campus. And the, the general consensus seems to be that you're not going to have college sports unless you have college students being able to come back on college campuses. So. Yeah. As we're sitting here right now, I still want to lean a little bit more optimistic than maybe some people will, suggesting that we will have college sports continue on once the fall semester comes around. Uh, it, it looks like we're seeing some some oper- optimistic outlooks for what the fall is going to be like. So I do think we're going to have college football. Now, I don't 
necessarily say that that's a guarantee that we're going to see an uninterrupted season right. or or an adjusted season, I should say. But I think we're going to have a season. I just don't know if it's going to go off as planned as it's currently scheduled with those week zero games and maybe even some week one games. So I think there could be some tweaks here and there. Yeah, I would agree with you as well, just based on you know what we're seeing right here at the uh, you know midpoint in May. And like you said, Kevin, it all depends state by state too, because what's happening in Pennsylvania is certainly different than what's happening in Minnesota, and what's happening in Minnesota is different than what's happening in Illinois or Ohio, for for instance, and how that re- is how that reflects with regard to the Big Ten. I mean, we just don't know there could be some hiccups along the way and i think we need to prepare ourselves for that if there is a season absolutely i mean that's the one thing I mean, we're sitting here uh still kind of in early may almost the middle of may we're still trying to figure out what's going to happen in september and there's still so much that could change between now and that point in time uh, obviously the decisions are going to have to be made ahead of schedule but when september comes around so uh, I think we're all just kind of trying to scratch our heads, trying to figure out what are the scenarios in play. Yeah. Uh, let's make sure we have every option ready to go in case we need it. And like you said, and kind of what we were talking about is, uh, you know, it's very different just within various conferences, especially the Big Ten, which goes from Nebraska all the way out to New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's so much different play. It might be a little bit different with a, maybe a more tightly bound regional conference like the SEC. Uh, the ACC might be a little bit different, too. Um, you know, Big 12. Pac-12, everybody's got a different playing field right now, and it's going to be difficult enough just to get all of one conference together. I can't imagine what it's going to be like trying to get every conference on the same page. Yeah, and and how it affects the actual players, too, because you do have players who are going into their senior year, and a lot of these players, ultimately, their goal is possibly getting to that next level, to the pro level, to the NFL, and how this could actually change the course and trajectory of some of these seniors' lives on these college campuses. I mean, that's what I'm thinking about, too. I mean, we saw it, obviously, this past, uh, you know, this past year with a lot of high school students not being able to finish out their high school career, the seniors, and we may end up seeing that based on geography with a lot of these, uh, a lot of these college football players who may not necessarily have the opportunity to showcase the talents that they have to possibly get them to that next level in the NFL. I think it's interesting, Kevin. Yeah, that's going to be another very key thing to keep an eye on if there is any adjustment to the college football season and if the NFL is going to continue going on with their with their calendar as they have it mapped out. Um, I'll be very curious because one of the options that's been discussed you know, to various degrees is maybe playing college football in the spring. Well, if you go that route, you, know, you could have some very key players in college football choose not to play college football because they're going to be preparing for the NFL draft. Yeah. Uh, and you could have some big name players in college football choose to go that option. Um, you know, I, we've had this discussion years and years now where, you know, should one of the top players even play college football before they go and be one of the top NFL draft picks? Well, I've always kind of uh, rolled my eyes at that conversation. But if you move the college football season to the spring, that's a very different dynamic that I definitely would entertain the possibility of that actually happening. It's very interesting to think about for sure. And everybody out there listening, follow Kevin on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. Great follow there. Let's get into some uh, Penn State talk. You are the host of the Locked on Nittany Lions podcast, Kevin, and wanted to get into some Penn State talk with you right off the bat here. Penn State, James Franklin, they have been doing what they do best at this particular point in time. That's recruiting. That's building solid relationships within that process. We know that the program has been really making some waves in terms of its 2021 recruiting class lately. So I'm wondering if there are a couple or a few recruits coming into Penn State who have 
have already uh, said that they're going to be going to Penn State. Who you really like and have your eyes on, and and why? Well, as far as that most recent recruiting class, that class of twenty twenty. They bring, they're bringing in a couple of really good wide receivers. And if there's one thing that Penn State could really use is some go-to wide receivers. Oh, because yes, obviously, yes. obviously, K.J. Hamler's gone. Uh, they do have a really good, reliable tight end and Pat Farring was ready to go. But it would be really good. You know, I feel like an Eagles fan because I am an Eagles fan saying, <laughs> let's get some good wide receivers in the program here. Uh, they do have a couple guys that are coming in. Uh, Keandre Lambert out of Norfolk, Virginia is a four-star prospect. I think, uh, uh, he, I think he's one of the guys that you want to keep a real good eye on. Uh, you know, I, I would imagine that Penn State, when they get a chance to get some practices in with these players, uh, they're going to try and get these uh, four-star guys some action. That's one of the big setbacks right now because they didn't have a spring football practice. Uh, they didn't have the, the spring football schedule. They didn't have a spring football game. So some of these guys that may even have been early enrollees, they're kind of be going to be kind of a, a little bit slower to get transitioned to being able to, to play and contribute. But I do think that the wide receiver position is something where they could definitely have a couple guys step in. The other guy, uh, Jaden Dotton out of Connecticut, yeah. another four-star guy. Uh, those those two guys are the ones I'm going to keep a real close eye on because I really do feel like Penn State needs those guys to really contribute as early as they possibly can. Absolutely. And, you know, as, as you're following a lot of what's happening with the Big Ten there are some programs that are really continuing to grow, such as Indiana, Minnesota. So I'm wondering, Kevin, uh, what 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 team should us Penn State fans really be looking at in the Big Ten in terms of surprise teams as we're heading into uh, this coming season? Because of course we know that Ohio State and uh, uh, Penn State, you know, they're they're near the top here with regard to the Big Ten, but it doesn't always remain like that because there are other programs that have really nice recruits and that have really good coaching. So I'm wondering, uh, you know, as we're heading into this season, what, what teams out there could potentially surprise us in the Big Ten? Well, they may have surprised a lot of people last year, and that would be Minnesota because P.J. Fleck has really been – busy energizing that program and kind of raising the bar for what he's trying to build there. And again, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's going to have a whole lot of long-term success because eventually I think PJ Fleck could very well be hired away from Minnesota, but for what he's doing with the recruiting trail right now and coming off the season that they just had, that is very much a strong contender. I think in the big 10 West division, obviously Penn state uh, saw just how good Minnesota is last year on the road. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a, that's a good Minnesota team. Obviously they didn't end the season the way that they wanted to, as far as the regular season's concerned. But you know, I think it was a giant step forward for PJ Fleck in that program. And I don't see any reason why they're going to take a, a step back this upcoming season, even though they lose a couple players, but they've got a really good team coming back this year and a really good recruiting class being pulled together right now for this class of 2021. So uh, they they could have something working there in that in a division that is winnable, I think, yeah. uh, for them in, within the next couple of years. I still think Wisconsin's the team to beat there, but uh, I don't think there's any reason to suggest that Minnesota is going to be a team that people are going to be sleeping on in this upcoming season and maybe next year as well. But yeah, I think uh, as far as that Big Ten East is concerned. Obviously, everybody's going to be chasing Ohio State. You know, Penn State's going to be in the mix. I still think Michigan's always going to be in the mix too, uh, despite what we're what some people will say about Jim Harbaugh. I know yeah. we're probably going to get to that oh, one yeah, as gonna, well. But. I'm going to get to that with you in just a few here. Yep. <laughs> but uh, the, the one team that I still think is kind of a I don't know if I would say a wild card team, but Maryland could be a pesky team. Oh, I'll put it that okay. way. All right. I, I think I think Mike Loxley. I, th- I think he's you know it's obviously a rebuilding program. Uh, I think he has done a pretty decent job with. 
starting to pull in some players through recruiting and and even in some transfer options. I, I think they're a team that you're probably not going to want to take lightly. And you know, probably depending on the situation, you know, I think they they could give a couple teams a pretty good run at some point this season. All right, very good. So that's just a piece of my interview segment as a guest on the Philadelphia Sports Table podcast. If you want to check out the full show and check out some of their other episodes that they have, go to philadelphiasportstable.com. You can also check out their Patreon and help support them as well. Uh, Again, my thanks to Jeff for, first of all, inviting me onto his podcast and, of course, for allowing me to share this segment with you guys. Again, a really fun conversation. We got into a lot of other things as well. So if you want to go back and check out the full episode, I'll leave the the link to that episode in our show notes. I will also share it on our Twitter page again. I know I retweeted it last week when the show was first put out there on his uh, podcasting platform, but I will make sure to reshare it with you guys on our Twitter page as well. And that will do it for today's episode of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. I thank you guys so much for listening, subscribing, rating, and reviewing on all your favorite podcasting platforms such as iTunes and Spotify. Again, good time to be on Spotify right now because apparently Joe Rogan is bringing his podcast as an exclusive Spotify podcast. We're not there yet. We're going to be uh, on all the different podcasting platforms. And personally, I like it better that way. We're on iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, again, on iTunes and Spotify and so many other uh, podcasting platforms. So however you listen to us, however you're subscribing to us, if you've got a free minute, please leave a rating, leave a review on those various platforms. It really does help out our podcast as we continue to move forward as well. And don't forget to always be a part of our show by sending in your questions and your comments. I really want to do a little bit of a mailbag segment for Friday's podcast. So go ahead and send in your questions now so you can make sure that they are included. Best way to do that is to send us your questions and comments at any time on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. And of course, we are on Instagram as well at Instagram.com slash LockedOnNittany. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. Check out my college football conversation and coverage over on athlonsports.com. And of course, I'll have some other things for you as well. I'm always on Twitter, so make sure you follow along there. And I'll, I'll share anything with you guys, and we can always have conversations uh, no matter what the situation may be. So again, we'll be back at the end of the week. We'll send you into your holiday weekend on a positive note. Hopefully, uh, we'll have some good conversation. Again, send in your mailbag questions. We'll have some fun answering some of your questions in our next episode. So until then, make sure you check out Chad Ford's NBA Big Board for all things NBA from our NBA insider, Chad Ford. That's on the Locked On Podcast Network. And until next time, have a great day. I'll talk to you guys later. (laughs) 